Welcome to a brand new season of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matt Kresge and Katie Kresge. Uh, so we continue a new season. In our past season, we went through the entire New Testament, reading it you know, chapter by chapter, kind of in a chronological order. We match Gospels with uh, the writings that uh, most fit the Gospel. Uh, this year, we're going to take a step back and we are going to do the entire uh, Bible. We won't be able to cover every chapter in the Bible, but we are going to take the narrative passages of Scripture, those that uh, carry the storyline of Scripture from beginning to end, and select key chapters out of those, and uh, read a chapter a day and and bring you into the grand narrative of Scripture. Uh, the grand narrative of Scripture, the story of the world from God's perspective, has incredible power of explanation. Uh, tells us, you know, who we are. Tells us who God is. Tells us what went wrong with us and what God is doing to reconcile the world to Himself. So when you know the bigger, you know, story of Scripture, the gospel becomes so much more vivid. Mm-hmm. It is God working in the world to redeem the world and to redeem us and to rescue us from everything that we have lost from ravages of sin. But it also helps us know our place in the world. Uh, the biblical story challenges us to be a redemptive people of God and be part of his redemptive purposes. So it should be fun, not only because it is a compelling story, but because it is a story that explains who we are. It's a deeply true story, and it's a story that leads us in greater awe and uh, greater worship of our Heavenly Father. So we begin with Genesis. Our friend Tim Mackey used to call his podcast My Strange Bible, and as we enter the book of Genesis... Even before, yea, verily, verily, the week is out, you are going to say, this is really strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be introduced to a world that is so different from our world, a time and a place that is so different from our time and place. But in it, God speaks and he reveals himself, and we begin to learn about the heart and character of God. So as we start a new season, let's not only offer, as we usually do, this moment uh, in ourselves to the Lord, but let's offer this entire year and ourselves to the Lord, that God would indeed shape us by his word as we uh, enter into his story and see his heart and character revealed in it. So, David, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? No, let's pray. And, Father, we are so excited for a, a new season of Shape by the Word. Thank you so much for, for your scriptures and the wonderful story it tells of uh, of your great heart for your people and how it points us to Christ. And so we ask that as we look at the, the, the drama of Scripture, that we behold um, the wonder of who you are and how you have pursued us and sought us and how you have uh, redeemed and will redeem all things in Christ Jesus. And so help us to behold the beauty of the biblical story. Um, help us to behold Christ more and more. Um, give us eyes to see and, and ears to hear. And renew our affections for Christ. And uh, we ask you to do all this uh, to build up your church, to build up your people, and in all this, that you'd be glorified and that we would joyfully um, get to see um, the beauty of your word. And so, Father, do that work in us, we pray, this season. Praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Genesis begins with the all-familiar phrase, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be a light, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. 
And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters and the gathered waters he called sea. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the waters teem and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth in those seas and the water in the seas. And let the birds increase on earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kind, the livestock according to their kind, and the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in numbers, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it that will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has a breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he made. It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And there we have a very beautiful and majestic account of uh, the beginning of all things. Uh, this is the moment uh, when time and matter you know, came into being. God yeah. is eternal, and he has existed uh, you know, well before this moment. And of course, John picks up on this in his gospel. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so... We know also that the Son was eternal. And we have the mention of the Holy Spirit here. And we have a mention of God, you know, arranging, arranging earth, you know, not just simply as an act of creation, but as an active sanctuary where we might know him, we might walk 
with him. We might see the wonders of his work. We might live in fellowship with him and uh, honor our creator in every way. So there is a lot of, uh, a lot of beauty to this account and a lot of symmetry to this account. And of course, this is foundational uh, for how God created and, and why God created. Uh, one of the most interesting things is, is that word created is only used, the verb created is only used with God in the Hebrew scripture. Uh, so God alone creates. We, we mimic, we take the very stuff that he has made and, and uh, we, we put it to good use. We subdue and rule it as he has talked about here. But only God is truly creative and only God is you know, truly creator. When we create and when we are creative, we simply uh, follow along in his image. And, and I, like, uh, I like the symmetry of scripture here. Uh, you, you often notice there was light before there was light. Uh, in other words, before we have the sun and the moon, you know, as a light, uh, we have God simply saying, let there be light, and there was light. And of course, that takes you all the way back to, for those of you that were with us in season one, uh, to the end uh, of this story, which is where we'll end up this this year as well. Uh, they needed no light in the new heavens and the new earth for the Father and the Lamb, or God and the Lamb, were its light. Mm-hmm. So beautiful images. What are some of the other things that uh, stand out in this uh, first chapter of the first step in our journey through scripture. I think for me, it's the refrain of um, then God saying, let there be, and then whatever it is. And then it was so, um, and then him calling it good. So there's just that re- repetition in every um, stanza with every day, um, which really feels more like a poem or a song, you know? Um, so it's beautiful poetry, um, of creation and also powerful theology that when God says, let there be something, all it takes is a word. It doesn't take him doing anything with his hands. It just takes him speaking it and it happens. It's so, um, which is not at all something that we can say we've ever done. <laughs> so it's very humbling and, and it, um, is awe inspiring. So all these things are happening, um, within these, this kind of song or refrain, which is really beautiful. And yet at the beginning of creation, you actually have something, you know, that is, is not good. There's an initial act of creation, and then it is formless and empty. And those are the two most fearsome words, uh, you know, in Hebrew, toho vavahu, uh, which talks of chaos. So you have a wild, chaotic, you know, initial creation that God brings into formation. Uh, he takes that which is, uh, you know, wild and uh, brings it into a place where we can deeply enjoy it, where we can see his glory, where we can know him, and where we can, you know, walk with him. And, of course, the symbol of the very first act of, you know, bringing in light is is huge throughout Scripture. Mm -hmm. It is a representation not only of the light that we see by, but the very character uh, of God himself. No, and we obviously see the pattern Katie talked about. It was good, it was good, and after... On the sixth day with the creation of of man and, and woman and he's, god looks and sees everything's very good and mm-hmm. so we you know we we'll probably talk about several different kind of patterns or frameworks we see all throughout the scripture but it's definitely here we, we begin seeing you know god's people in, in god's place under god's rule and experiencing his blessing and we all have that kind of different definitions that we throw around at times you know for describing that but i I love getting to see the the ideal for what we were made for you know as god's people to live under his rule and reign and to experience uh, his blessing where God blessed them and said to them, you know, be fruitful, multiply, um, increase in number. 
those images. And of course, when you get to the sixth day, you have the wonderful, uh, you know, Hebrew poetry. This is, you know, the first, you know, piece of Hebrew poetry that you have. All of this is elevated prose. But then you get to, you know, the creation of mankind or of Adam uh, without the article. In the second chapter, you're going to have the article, and it's going to be a real difference between the two. Uh, he's talking here about the creation of all of us, and we are created in his image and in his likeness. And so you'll f- later find in the book of Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar decides to do that, to create something that reminds the people of who he is and sets it in the plane, you know, of, of Ono, uh, you know, an image and a likeness of himself. We are the representatives of God's rule on this earth, a reflection of him. And it's far more than just a, a statue in this instance. You have the same word uh, used of Adam later when he has a son in his own image and his likeness. So it's not just that we represent God. We are personally connected to God in, in a very deep way and stewards you know, over everything that he has you know, created, ruling over uh, you know, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. In other words, caring for them in the same way, and you're going to see that in chapter 2. He's going to use the very words for Adam and Eve uh, that he uses for priests who occupy the temple to serve and to guard. Anything else you guys are, are loving here? I like the uh, just how we meet this this God who creates all things. You know that we get this sovereign God who, in the beginning, there's no you, you know the, Moses doesn't need to defend him here. He doesn't need to say you know we need this is where God came from. But when we meet God for the first time, it's here he is in the beginning, and he speaks and creates with complete authority, sovereignty, power, and yet at the same time, he's carefully crafting. This, this environment, right? This place where you call it a sanctuary um, where, where he will place Adam and Eve and, and they will dwell with him, they will live with him. And I mean, you're just watching. Not only does he speak and create with power, but he does it carefully and, and precisely. And uh, I mean, it, it's just fun to kind of watch these this opening chapter unfold and, um, you know, God do something pretty incredible yeah. with it. And if you compare this to other, you know, Near Eastern literature, it resembles... Uh, in Near Eastern literature, the preparation of a temple. And, of course, in the preparation of the temple, the final day would be the day in which the God enters the temple and enters into you know, his, his rest. Uh, but the picture you get here is that God is not contained, as he would later say, at the creation of the temple. is not contained in a, a building built by human hands. All of heavens and earth mm-hmm. you know, are his temple and are his sanctuary and a reflection. And of course, Katie, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, he just simply said, you know, let there be and there was. And it was good. So by the time you get to the seventh day, it's not, you know, I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm going to take a day off. Matter of fact, later when Jesus is defending, you know, healing on the Sabbath, he said, my father has always been working. But what the Sabbath day symbolizes is not so much wow we get a day off but we enter into the blessing of his work and enjoy deeply into the blessing of what he has done so creation itself is completed and we enter into the completion of that and of course when we talk about redemption we're going to talk about redemption as being a completed work also and we enter into the rest of that so it is going to be a big image you know that we share 
uh, all the way through. Uh, one of the things that I'm not particularly fond of in the NIV is the vault of the sky. Uh, we have expanse or firmament in other places. That's exactly how you know Hebrews would have thought about it. It's a, a word and it's a basic meaning, which means a, a hammered you know sheet of metal. And uh, they saw this big expanse of sky separating you know them from the highest and the highest of heavens, and how God has. Is, is made that division. So you have everything. You have the heavens, you have the earth, you have the land, uh, you have you know the sea, uh, the domains in which God is glorified and in which he enters into uh, his creation. So it's a beautiful picture all the way through. There's so much more here that we, we could cover, and uh, we'll have to open the rest of it as we go through the rest of the story. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you... Uh, you are. When you introduce yourself to Moses in covenant, you say, I, I am. And before the heavens were created, before the earth came to be, you were. In your majesty, uh, you have created a place for us to know you, to experience your glory, and have invited us into your presence. Uh, may we hear with the word of the psalmist, the heavens declare the glory of God. And may we look around at creation and rejoice in who you are. And may we look at redemption and rejoice even deeper in who you are and how deeply you've loved us in Christ Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.